0: Hello, I'm Dr. Ruth Schmidt-Nevin, clinical psychologist and child psychotherapist. Welcome to Talking Child Development, the podcast of the Association of Child and Family Development in Melbourne, Australia. The association is a not-for-profit organization that aims to disseminate information about all aspects of child and family development to other professionals and the wider community in these podcasts we will be going a little deeper into the whys and wherefores of child adolescent and family life we want to get away from a purely behavioral and quick fix focus to look more deeply into issues you can find more information on our website at www.acfd.com.au You will also be able to access all the references and links mentioned here at the end of the podcast. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Bronwyn Lee, clinical psychologist and director of the Center for Perinatal Psychology and the Perinatal Training Center. Bronwyn is deeply interested in the psychological aspects of becoming a parent, the emotional development of infants and parent-infant relationships. She currently holds multiple governance positions, including as a board advisor to the International Forum for Wellness in Pregnancy, as the Australian representative for International Fathers Mental Health Day, and as a subject matter expert and clinical advisor to Movember. Bronwyn is regularly invited to comment for media on various perinatal topics. She has co-authored a self-help workbook, Towards Parenthood, helping parents prepare emotionally for the arrival of their baby. So welcome Bronwyn. My first question is to ask, what is perinatal psychology? I'd like to know about your approach to perinatal psychology and that of your center which i know is focused on helping people towards parenthood and that takes a developmental and relational approach
1: well thank you ruth for that lovely introduction and it's a pleasure to be here and talk about all things perinatal psychology with you um Well, yes, to begin our Center for Perinatal Psychology is a a national network of private practicing psychologists and we provide psychological services to parents and their infants. We work pretty broadly in the perinatal space, so we see people from uh, the planning stage that is thinking about having a baby, um, thinking about conception and working with any um, physical or psychological barriers that might be there. We work with people through pregnancy and any issues that might arise in pregnancy. Uh, We certainly see people in the postpartum for labour and birth experiences, as well as any um, mental health or um, parenting type um, issues in the postpartum right up to three years postpartum. And really we're interested in all members of the family believing that having a baby is a family matter. It's not only about mum, although of course she is center stage um, and we are committed to supporting mothers and maternal mental health, but we believe all members of the family require some special care and attention. So partners, fathers, and infants too. We're certainly interested in in babies and we know that infancy is a foundational time for development um, where really core um, capacities and vulnerabilities are are sort of set up. So we're interested in helping babies to develop well, socially and emotionally, uh, in the context of course of their relationship with their parents. We also see that the perinatal period is a time of development, not only for for babies, But for parents too and in particular we're interested in the psychological and social development of parents as they move towards parenthood and how they develop or engage in a new evolving mindset that helps them transition into parenthood Um, and this is what we call the the motherhood mindset or the development of a fatherhood mindset. So I guess in terms of of our work um, and the sort of professional lens that we we tend to take, um, we have two main pillars um, working with a perinatal and infant population, uh, a relational frame, which really focuses on the quality of relationships, both between couples and within the parent-infant dyad and a developmental frame, thinking about the development of infants and the development of parents through this life phase as well. And we find that this really provides rich ways of understanding the lived experience of parents and infants at this very tender time. That sounds
0: absolutely fascinating, Bronwyn. You talk about the motherhood mindset, and the fatherhood mindset. Can you tell us a bit more about exactly how you understand those two concepts?
1: Mm. Uh, These are really umbrella terms to describe all of the, the psychological and social and emotional transitioning that's required in becoming a parent. One doesn't really become a parent by virtue of giving birth. Um, One doesn't become a a mother by giving birth or a father by being biologically involved or or what have you. Becoming a mother or father is a process which requires a psychological gestation and a psychological labour. So there are some key areas of psychological exploration for uh, a woman as she transitions into motherhood where uh, she explores her own experience of being mothered or parented, how she thinks about herself as a mother and thinking about um, the sort of aspirational mother or ideal mother she'd really like to be. And thirdly, how she's gestating her baby in mind as a separate little person um, and bringing to life baby in mind, not only gestating him or her in, um, in utero, but in her mind as well. And it's these sort of points of reflection that help her psychologically gestate and labour, if you like, that helps her prepare and transition and adjust into motherhood. And while we know less about the fatherhood mindset, it's certainly an area of, of, um, of interest and fascination for us. Um, I, I think it's fair to say from the research that we do have that there are more similarities than differences between um, how a mother uh, gestates herself in mind and, and baby in mind, and um, how a non-birthing parent will also uh, reflect upon these sorts of um, uh areas as well. Uh, certainly, there's some very nice research currently underway through Monash University with one of our colleagues, Dr. Levita Souza, who's ex- exploring um, the development of the fatherhood mindset. So we're, uh, we're excited for um, the unfolding of that research.
0: Well, you know, I, I so much agree because I think it's not before time in a way when one thinks about clinical experience, because it seems to me one of the areas that is often missing in infant parent research. And even in much of clinical work is the role of the father. There often seems to be an exclusive focus on the mother and the baby to the exclusion of the father. And I've referred to this sometimes as the baby being a kind of immaculate conception. What are your thoughts about the situation? And how do you, and and how do you think your center addresses this problem or this kind of omission?
1: It has been an omission, omission, I think, to leave partners sidelined in all kinds of ways. Mm. And and I think we suffer for it in all kinds of ways. I think though the tide is turning, which really pleases me, I think we are starting to see more attention given to father's experiences of fatherhood. Mm in the early phase, and father's mental health too. And and certainly, um, you know, this is one of the things that we um, advocate for um, through the Centre for Perinatal Psychology, um, being the Australasian representative for International Fathers Mental Health Day. Um, There's a group of us um, internationally who, um, you know, work on this global campaign for dad's mental health, really trying to increase awareness um, for um, the mental health problems of of fathers as well. We're deeply interested in the experience of men as they transition into becoming dads and and, um, it's clear and we've got some good research now that the mental health problems that are present for mums as they transition during this vulnerable time um, are also present and just as relevant for dads. Um, What we do know though from research is that men find it much harder to seek support for mental health issues. So we really do need to break down some barriers and stigma there. And I think we can all play a part, actually, by being more father and partner inclusive, um, both in terms of health in terms of the health sector and health services, as well as the broader community being much more partner inclusive, um, simply asking about, how are you going, dad? Um, uh, you know, asking after his well-being and his experience of transitioning at this time. It's not all about mum. Uh, we're not wanting to sideline mum. We are wanting to be more broad and inclusive in this way.
0: I I so agree, and I I also wonder, Bronwyn, whether the inclusion of fathers and the focus on the parents as a a partnership, or all partners really, um, really connects in some ways with the area of postnatal depression in mothers. And we've talked a bit about this before, but I I don't want in any way to dismiss the notion of postnatal depression as a very real painful experience. But but from my clinical work, I'm concerned that the mother immediately becomes pathologized when much of the time the issue at hand may relate to the newborn couple. That is the newborn parents and how they may not be working as a parenting team, and so the mother is often pushed forward as the patient in this regard, and I wonder what your observations are about this and and your clinical experience.
1: Mm. It's such an important point because I think um, mothers can carry all sorts of um, ills uh, that don't necessarily belong Mm. only to her and that we must hold in mind context, the perinatal context Mm. and the this is a little family and that um, the little family relationally will influence each other. And this is not only about mum and what is going on for her. So even if mum is the one who puts her hand up as the identified, patient or client saying I'm depressed or I'm anxious and I would like some support or help with that. Um, Nonetheless, this is happening in the context of having a baby and therefore it is not only about her. So we must hold in mind um, the the context and how little baby is and how um, the parents are managing, as you say, navigating the care of um, an infant as a newborn couple. This is really something that um, Um, Some individuals and couples will navigate with some ease and others will need far greater support with. Um, I I guess the other thing that comes to mind for me, Ruth, is that, um, uh, you know, certainly there are those who experience postnatal depression, but it does strike me that PND has been sort of has become the the all-consuming container for all perinatal distress. And, of course, that's one of the things that a perinatal psychologist or a perinatal mental health clinician will be able to differentiate, differentiate um, you know, well between Is this a depression, is this an anxiety, are we actually dealing with birth trauma here, Uh, Mm -hmm. is this unresolved loss or is this a phase of adjustment that requires support and of course the context holding in mind the couple is very important in all of that and not to only pathologize what mum is walking through the door with.
0: And so what I'm hearing from you is that your focus at all times is on assessing and promoting the capacity of parents and their capacity for attunement with their infant and their capacity for reflection. So that's not just about their uh, capacity for attunement and perhaps reflection about the baby, but also about each other and themselves. And this, of course, applies to all parents in whatever situation they find themselves and it's important to note that it's not gender based.
1: Well, yes, they're excellent points. And um, yes, I can confidently echo the words of my longtime mentor and supervisor, Diane Reynolds, who says so elegantly, at the heart of all effective parenting is the capacity to reflect. And to reflect in a particular way, to attend to states of mind in oneself, and also the internal experience and states of mind of one's baby. And this is really known as um, the area of uh, reflective capacity or reflective function, sometimes called mentalization. and and this is really the means through which we understand and make sense of our baby's experience, and it helps us to attune and figure out what what he needs in this moment. And and this is a capacity that um, really is one of life's great levelers. It, It cuts through all social strata. It's a capacity that is not limited by education, or socioeconomic status, or gender, or race, or ethnicity—it's mm-hmm. a capacity that is developed in relationship in the very early years by being in relationship with another caregiver who can also mentalize. And so, as a clinician, this area of parental reflective capacity is a um, such an important, potent. Port of entry to working with parents and their babies, um, working on this reflective capacity, which can help with the quality of their relationship and their attachment status. It's a really effective and efficient way of working with the dyad and potentially creating intergenerational change in terms of the quality of their relationships.
0: So as I see in that regard that you've developed a special campaign on your website called Speaking for the Baby, which uses illustrations to help parents understand and explore how their baby feels, what they might be thinking and what their wishes are. So it's really thinking about the baby as a real person. It reminds me of the Hollywood movie Look Who's Talking. And it sounds like a wonderful resource and completely refutes the instrumental rigid management approach about infancy. That I always think takes advantage of anxious parents, what you're saying is that the baby is a real person who can tell their parents what they need if their parents can be less anxious about getting it right all the time.
1: Oh, yes, I'm delighted to talk about the Speaking for the Baby campaign because um, it's been so beautifully uh, um, um, taken up, accepted, embraced by um, professionals and parents um, since we launched it in 2018. Um, The the campaign itself is, is a series of illustrations, really bringing voice to the infant's experience. And I teamed up with a um, a fantastically talented illustrator, uh, Melbourne-based illustrator, Jess Rackleft, who has beautifully brought my ideas to life. Uh, One of the things that um, we do clinically working with parents um, is to really encourage the parent to curiously wonder about what is going on inside for their baby. This is really sort of reflective capacity stuff. For instance, what might your little baby be sensing in this moment or feeling or thinking or wanting or experiencing? And of course, if we were to sort of ask, well, if your baby could um, speak right now, what do you think they would say? And that really is uh, sort of speaking for the baby. Um, So our illustrations are a way of advocating for infants' needs and an attempt to help parents identify with their infant um, and focus on their infant. Um, I I loved your introduction, which reminded me of um, the introduction to this question, Ruth, uh, reminded me of um, one of the illustrations in the campaign where some new parents are sitting on a couch with a, a book that says, you know, how to care for your baby or something. And the parents are saying to each other, I wish she came with a manual, like how are we meant to know what to do, you know, it's that old adage about, um, you know, the baby doesn't come with a manual. um, And of course, the, the In the illustration, the baby is lying on the floor, kicking about, and baby is saying, well, I am the manual. Mm -hmm. It's me, right? You don't need to look at the book. Look to me, and if you can... Relax enough to observe me in the moment. I will give you the clues about what I need. And over time you will get to know me. So put the book down. Don't look at that book. Look to me. I am the manual. And, and so I guess these are um, that's an example of the kind of messaging we're trying to embed uh, in the campaign to, as you say, um, give the parents some confidence to trust themselves. to to look toward their infant and not um, follow the advice that is written in a book necessarily. Books have their place, of course, but but also to trust oneself and get to know one's own baby. Uh, So so this idea of speaking for the baby, of course, I can't take credit for that. It's not my idea. It came from another um, baby devotee, an absolute giant in our field, Selma Freyberg. And Freyberg, when working with parents and babies, found that if she put words on what the baby might be experiencing, she found that that really helped parents orient their minds to their baby's mind. And this helped them to understand and get to know and enjoy their babies more. So really, um, the the campaign itself was my attempt to grab hold of Freyberg's ideas and and present them in kind of a digestible, illustrative form um, that would be accessible for, for parents, yeah.
0: And I see that the campaign has also been translated into Dutch.
1: Yes, it has. Um, a couple of years ago, I was approached by an organisation in the Netherlands uh, who work uh, particularly with adolescent mothers and their babies, and they were keen to use the campaign and, and uh, translate it into Dutch uh, and use it within their organisation and the groups that they run for adolescent mothers and their babies. So it was a great delight to do that, actually.
0: Oh, well, that's lovely. So, so really an image, a picture speaks... Louder than words, doesn't it? You can capture so much. And just a last question. I understand, Bronwyn, that you run Australia-wide training programs in perinatal psychology and that you've developed a focus on birth trauma as part of this training. I find this so interesting because it's a critical but often overlooked area And and sometimes it seems to me that it's silenced in the birth narrative, even between women. Can you tell us more about this work and the training in general?
1: Mm, Yes, my pleasure. Um, Always a pleasure to talk about our training work, which I'm really committed to. Our Perinatal Training Centre offers a range of professional development opportunities, um, including training and conferences, and supervision and consultation. And um, I guess talking generally about our training, um, it's it's 10 years now that I've been running what has become sort of our um, signature training program in perinatal and infant mental health, which I've um, delightfully run in many places, face-to-face across Australia and also run online. Uh, The training really focuses on Uh, sort of assessment and formulation, ways of thinking about, ways of understanding and treatment planning in both the antenatal and postnatal phases, Um, for those interested in incorporating the mother and the partner and the infant and their relationships. And I guess we have, um, you know, in addition to sort of that core training, we have two very special areas of dedicated interest, one in perinatal loss and the other in birth trauma. And we provide training in core competencies for working therapeutically with these uh, presentations. Um, And we've also established and co-host Australasian conferences in both perinatal loss and Um, birth trauma. Our birth trauma training is um, under development as we speak now so we're excited to launch that uh, hopefully later this year. Circling back to your comment and wondering Ruth about um, birth trauma being critically critically overlooked area across the health sector and also between women in the ways in which they speak about their experiences. And I certainly agree with you there, um, but but I must say I'm hopeful because I do see a movement uh, toward greater awareness and reduced stigma, greater awareness about birth trauma occurring and um, some sort of acceptance of, of that or acknowledgement of that and also reduce stigma about um, the the sorts of um, difficulties that might be experienced. And I guess one of the ways that we're making a difference um, through our centres, certainly we provide uh, direct service provision, psychological care to um, both Um, women who have labored and birthed uh, and have experienced a a disappointment or a a traumatic sort of um, experience. Uh, And we offer direct service provision to partners as well, because we know Mm -hmm. that partners can also be affected by birth trauma or, or difficulties in labor and birth. Uh, And and I guess we're also contributing by um, trying to make a difference through training and education, and and we do that in tandem with ABTA, the Australasian Birth Trauma Association, Uh, ABTA and the centre co-host Uh, a biennial um, conference in birth trauma and certainly ABTA are are making great strides in this area too in terms of uh, greater awareness and and reduced stigma uh, of birth trauma because you know it can really be terribly disruptive to one's life, one's relationships, relationship to your own body, um, intimate relationship with one's partner, relationship relationship with baby I mean it really can be the undoing so uh, it's terribly important that um, we we give great care to those who have labored and birthed and and that um, that uh, mothers are well
0: absolutely Bronwyn I I think this is really going to resonate hugely particularly with women hearing this podcast and um, you know you're you're involved in the most crucial areas and, and so importantly for you, they really all overlap and connect. And, um, you know, so it sounds like a wonderful service that you're offering and that you've, you're obviously a very inspired um, and inspiring person to lead this kind of what well, is really like a movement as well as a service and training. So thank you so much, Bronwyn, for participating in the podcast. Thank you very much indeed.
1: My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Hello, this is Dr. Ruth Schmidt-Nevin again. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. You may be interested to know about my audio trainings based on the many trainings I have run throughout Australia and overseas. These include training on relationships, attachment and the brain, time-limited psychodynamic psychotherapy, and skill building in therapeutic work. You can access the details of all my trainings on my website, which is at www.centerforchildandfamily.com. That's A N D. So www.centerforchildandfamily.com. Thank you.